Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church, it's about building a great people. Last week, we held water baptisms during our service. If that was you, we'd love to hear your story. Visit the resource page at intlfamilychurch.com to share what God has done for you through this experience. If you'd like to be baptized or would like to find out more info on water baptism, check out our website. Next week on August 8th is Family Movie Night on the Lawn. Grab your lawn chairs and blankets and join us with the whole family at 8 p.m. Life groups can be a rich and rewarding experience. If you find yourself wanting to take the next step in your walk with God, consider leading a life group. On August 15th, we're holding a life group orientation for the fall season. If you desire to lead a life group or would like more information, join us Wednesday, August 15th at 7 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Now here is part two of our current series, Favor is the New Hustle. All right, here we go, round two. Everybody say round two. Round two. Talking about favor is the new hustle. And last week we started off, we kicked this two-part series off. We're talking about how God's plan for our life is not for us to hustle and grind our way to success. We discovered last week through his word that it's God's plan to favor us to success. And because we're in partnership with him, there's a lot that he could do that we could never do. And if you weren't here, you can go back and watch online at intlfamilychurch.com, the website, uh, our church website. All the sermons are there and you can catch up. But I want to give you three of the main points from last week. The first point that we covered is it's God's plan to favor you. There's a lot of people that think it's their own idea to succeed in life. Don't get it twisted. It's God's plan. He wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. And we looked at Genesis where God talked to Adam and Eve for the very first time. He spoke to mankind and he said this. He said, God blessed them. And one translation says he gave them divine favor. How did he do that? He said some, some very clear expectations. Go and prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. I love this one. Take charge. One translation says that he gave us dominion not only over the things of the earth, but the earth itself, it's God's plan to favor us. The second thing we talked about was that God could do more in a moment of favor than you'll ever be able to accomplish even through a lifetime of hustle. God's favor in a moment can transform anything you could do in a lifetime. We read out of Psalms 119 that says, everything in human confines has limits. But with God, it's exceedingly broad and there's no limits. It exceeds into eternity. Listen to this. Stop trying to hustle your way to success. God in one moment can take you from where you are to where you need to be. And the truth is, is because it's not where you think you need to be. It's where God wants to position you so he gets the glory. That's the third point from last week is this. God's favor is intentional. Everything God does has a purpose. He wants to bless you so much that you can't shut up about it. He wants to favor you so much. That's what you get, the favor. And as you get the favor, he gets the glory. And last week, we wrapped that message up talking about our greatest testimony is God's goodness in our life. That people are watching us. They're looking at us. They're trying to figure out what's going on, what's different about them. And as we receive the favor, we extend the glory back to him. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And so when people see you living the good life, you should just own that. I'm living the good life. 
Say that with me. Say, I'm living the good life. Turn your neighbor and say, you should start living the good life. Someone recently said, well, I don't have a testimony. I don't really have a testimony. Your testimony is the favor of the goodness of God in your life. Has he done anything good for you? Then that's your testimony. And the more that he dumps out his favor, guess what? It gives us the opportunity to testify even more and more and more and more and more and more and more so that people around us, they see him like we do. A good God. A good God. Always good. Never changing the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me pray for you and we'll jump into today's message. Father, I thank you for your people that you have favored by your grace Father, help us to understand this is your plan. This is your purpose for our life. That you've set us apart to testify of who you are in this earth right now in this season. And so, Father, I ask you to give me boldness to declare your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I consider myself a social person. Some people would say he's an extrovert. (laughs) kind of. I love people. I love meeting people. I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing what people are into, what they like, what makes them unique. And the more that I spend time with other people, I realize that not everybody has the same perspective on life. I realize that not everybody sees life the way that Josh Roberts sees life. In fact, Recently, I've spent time with some Christians and realized that even in the context of Christianity, some people see life differently than others. I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. And yet I find myself talking more and more to glass half empty kind of people. What is it? It's a perspective. It's a perspective. I I met people recently and there was no water in their glass whatsoever. (laughs) It was doom and gloom, and I don't know how we're going to make it. God better show up. Listen, God's plan is not just to favor us one time. I was talking to a gentleman recently, and he said, I like what you're saying, and I get it. But, you know, I've only had God's favor happen, you know, maybe once or twice in my life. And, you know, it's not a regular occurrence for me like it is you. And I begin to chat with him and say, listen, it's God's plan that it's continual, that it's not just random or happenstance or back in the day when God did those things. God's plan for our life is that it shouldn't be from time to time or occasion. It should be a rhythm of life for us. It should be this. God's plan is not that favor should be occasional. God's plan is continual. God's plan, listen to this. For us as believers, as that we live in a continual state of God's favor. You know what continual means? It means without interruption. Without interruption. You guys like Netflix? We'll put the spiritual stuff aside for a second. Do y'all like Netflix? Do y'all have a cable? Do you got a DVR box at your house? Y'all like the DVR? Why do we love DVR and why do we love Netflix so much? Because we can watch TV without interruptions. I mean, remember back in the day when you're watching a show and it builds and builds and builds, and then all of a sudden it's like, eh. We'd love to tell you about Tide and how we'll clean your shorts. You're like, dude, I want to see the guy get stabbed or not stabbed. What's getting ready to happen? Is he going to die? 
Netflix changed things for us as a society because I ain't got no more commercials. And now I can sit in my underwear with ice cream and I can watch not just one show, but two shows and three shows and four shows and five shows. Somebody say amen. amen. We like, guess what? Being visually entertained with no interruptions. It's the same way Netflix didn't come up with this, man. This is God's plan for his favor, that it's uninterrupted over and over as much as you can take. Non-stop, interruption-free, favor-packed living, that's what God's plan for us is. But here's the challenge. You have to have a perspective that that is what God wants for you. I continually meet people, even after sharing that, that they still want to challenge it and say, well, I, I don't know if it should be continual. I mean, that makes it sound like, like I have an advantage over somebody else. Let me give you a secret, a little spoiler alert. You have an unfair advantage. Yeah, I said it. You have an unfair advantage against everybody else in the world connected to Jesus Christ. We should live in a constant, continual state of favor without interruptions. Here's our main takeaway. God's plan for your life is that you should continually walk in the favor of God all day, every day without interruption. I shared this last week. People who live in a constant state of fear they don't just experience fear occasionally, it's daily. People who live in a constant state of continual, uh, um, I just lost my train of thought here, anxiety. <laughs> People that live in a constant state of anxiety, guess what? They're not anxious once in a while, they're anxious consistently. People that live in a constant state of depression, they're not depressed once a week, they're depressed on an ongoing basis. So if that's what it means to live in a constant state of something, God's plan for us is to continually walk in the favor all day, every day without interruption. That's what a continual state of favor means. This is God's plan for us. Well, how can you say that? That sounds pretty bold. Let's look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. He says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and we're given right standing with God through faith, this is the key, you've got to believe it, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one and his anointing. Through him, through who? Through Jesus, we also, we got, we got the redemption, we got the, the justification, we've got the righteousness. Through Him, through Jesus, we also have our access or entrance by faith into this grace, which He describes and amplified as a state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. Listen, Paul's telling the church at Rome, this shouldn't be a one-time occurrence. By you getting saved, that shouldn't have just happened one time. You got saved and you're continually being saved every day you're living. God poured out favor on your life on that day you accepted Christ and it should never stop. There should be a continual flow, non-interrupted state of favor in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's who I need to be. That's who he intended me to be. Somebody that walks in a continual state of God's favor. So let's talk about this. Here's three tools on how to 
Walk in a continual state of God's favor. I'm going to prove to you this is possible. Number one, you got to dare to believe that it can happen for you. You got to dare to believe that God would do something for you despite of yourself. Well, pastor, you don't know, you don't know my past. You don't know what I did. You're right. I don't. He don't care. He already paid for it. Well, you don't know where I came and the journey that it took me to get here. Listen, God is taking you from where you are to where he wants you to be through favor. Your past makes no sense. Here's the thing. You don't qualify on your own. But listen to this. If you've accepted Jesus, you're overqualified. You're overqualified. Some people would say, well, I don't know if that's happened for me. And I mean, even if he was, how would he do it? I like what Pastor Willie George says. He says, believing that God will do a thing comes before knowing how he will accomplish it. In most people, this is where they stop. I don't know if God would. And even if he could, I can't imagine how it would happen. For us as believers... The first step to obtaining the favor on a continual basis, over and over, to live in a state of favor, you have to believe, dare to believe that you qualify through Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. He says this, awake to righteousness. You could say it this way, wake up and realize you in right standing with God. Wake up, church. Wake up, believers. Wake up, sons and daughters of God, and realize that you are standing right beside the Father. What does right standing mean? It means to have right standing, to stand right with Him. What does it mean to be awake? It means to be aware. It means to have an understanding mentally and become spiritually perceptive. Listen, in Romans, he said, we are justified just as if you never sinned. That's what it means. You have been acquitted. He has declared you righteous, which means you're in right standing with him. In the same way that you were justified, in the same way that you were made righteous, is the same way that you walk in a continual state of favor. How do we do it? By faith. By believing that not only will he, he will. Did that make any sense? How's he going to do it? I don't know but I just know he's going to do it. Well, that's a pretty bold belief. I know I dared to believe that when I accepted Christ into my heart, I wasn't going to hell anymore. Talk about a hard concept to believe. How did I know that I'm not going to hell and now I'm going to heaven? I dared to believe that he raised his son from the dead for me and that I was justified just as if I had never sinned and that I was in right standing. This is what we need to do day to day is wake up and understand, man, I'm as righteous as I'm ever going to be. Paul said, we live in a state of God's favor. Through him, by our faith, we have access into this grace. What does it mean to live in a state of favor? This is what it means. It means a matter of standing. It means an attitude or a position, or a condition. Dare to believe that God's favor is on your life. When you do that, guess what? It gives you a posture of ownership. It's like it's a right that belongs to me. You ever try, you ever seen like a court case argued and and people are like, well, I just don't know if if that's okay. And they say, it's his right. It belongs to him as a human being. He's like, right, that's just right. It does belong to me. 
You can't take my property. You can't take my stuff. Just as we know our natural rights as human beings, how much more should we know the rights that belong to us as spiritual children of God? Listen, when you understand that you're the right standing, oh, let me stop here. I was at a Baptist youth camp uh, a few years ago, and they invited me to come speak to a bunch of seventh and eighth graders, okay? And they made a big mistake inviting a Holy Ghost tongue-talking preacher to a Baptist youth camp. That's just bad news. Something's going to happen there. And I got up, and I'm preaching along, and I said, some of you believe that sin separates you from God. I said, sin does not separate you from God. And man, the place was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just told the kids that. I said, as long as you're a believer. If you're not in relationship with Christ, yes, there's a gap between you and God, and it's a gap called sin. But if you accept Jesus Christ, you find yourself in right standing in his favor, just as you've never sinned, and that sin gap is now closed, and you are standing in favor with God. Listen to this. When you stand and understand that I have a position, it changes your posture. It'll change your attitude. You ever feel like you don't qualify at work and nobody likes you and you're the bottom dude on the totem pole and you kind of go to work like, oh man, I got to go back here with that jerk boss and you kind of drag your feet in like, oh man, today's not going to be a good day. It's a posture of you having no favor. But when you understand that favor is on you and you have preferential treatment and that the job you want is just waiting for you because of who you are, because you're seated in a state of favor, guess what? You walk into that job and say, here we go today. I can't wait to see what happens today. I can't wait to see if I get a raise today. I can't wait to see how much longer of a break they give me. All of a sudden, you change your attitude because you understand you live in a state of favor. It causes you to understand you're positioned with Christ, which changes your condition. Man, this right here is enough to wreck your theology. There is nothing that stands in the way of you and God's favor because you're seated with Him. You believe it and you're positioned. Your condition is no longer the condition that you're suffering from. Listen, His favor changed it. The first step to believing that we can live in a continual state of God's favors. We have to dare to believe that it can happen for us. The second thing we have to do is we have to speak what we believe. You have to open your mouth. You have to begin to speak what you believe. When you're around someone who lives in a constant state of depression, they talk about it all the time. Why? Because they believe it. When you live in a constant state of fear, you find yourself talking about it all the time. Why? Because you believe it. I can say this from my own life. I lived in a constant state of anxiety for several months, almost a year long. And guess what? Everywhere I was going, I was telling people, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. Why? Because I believed it. Your words have power. When we begin to understand that God's called us to live in a state of favor, it happens because we dared to believe it and because we owned it with our words and we began to speak it out of our mouth. 2 Corinthians, verse 4, verse 13, out of the message, Paul says, we're not keeping this quiet, no, not on your life. Just like the way the psalmist David wrote it, he said, I believed it, so I said it. What we say, we believe. 
And this is what we believe, that the one who raised up Jesus, our master, will just as certainly raise us up with him. Alive. Listen to this part. Every detail worked out to your... That sounds like favor. And to God's glory, more and more grace, which means favor, more and more people, more and more praise. Listen, this is God's plan that you would live in a consistent, uninterrupted state of God's favor. Well, how could that happen? I believe it and I speak it. What are you speaking right now over your finances? What are you speaking over your marriage? What are you speaking over your crazy kids? What are you speaking over your knucklehead boss and your position at that company? Because here's the thing, what you say is headed your way. Since I was a little kid, my dad made this statement to us. What you say is headed your way. I grew up believing that our words were containers. And I had the choice of what I wanted to fill my words with. I could fill them with faith or I could fill them with fear. The truth is, is we have the choice to speak life. We have the choice to speak what we want. You've heard me preach this, and I've said it all the time. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. I can't tell you how many years I've been saying that, and I can't tell you how many times a day I say it every day. I said it this morning as I was washing my hair. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. Favor comes to me. I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people. Why? Because I'm favored. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. I'm in the right place at the right... You start kind of rapping it and rhyming it to yourself. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And you know what? Stuff happens for me. I was telling first service, I was at... Uh, I like to shop. I said, I like to shop. Not all women shop. There are some dudes that like to shop. I'm one of them, and I love going to Nordstrom Rack in Burlington, one of my favorite places. And I was at Nordstrom Rack, and I found this sick jacket. It was green, had these cool pockets on it. Will, you would have loved it, man. And I, I tried it on. I was like, my wife was there. I was like, baby, look at this. What do you think? She said, oh, that's fly. You should get that. And I was like, I should get it. And I looked at the price tag, and I was like, oh, man. I don't know if I should get this. It was expensive. And she's like, just buy it. You have the money. And I said, no, I, I have a hard time paying full price. Because I'm favored. Because I'm in the right t- place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. Favor comes to me and I'm not going to pay full price. I'm God's son. She said, you're just being silly. Just pay for it. I said, I can't. I can't. So you know what I did? I took that jacket and I put it on a hanger and I went to the other side of the store and I hid it where it didn't belong. Yeah, I did that. Don't look at me so judgmental. I hid it knowing they may come a sale and I'll come back and find that jacket for half price. And she said, you're being silly. Just pay for it. I said, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm not paying full price for nothing. She said, you're cheap. I said, I am favored. A week went by, and I went back to Nordstrom Rack. Guess what? I'm digging through the rack, and somebody took the jacket, and it was gone. And I'm like, man. She's like, see, I told you, dummy, you should have bought that jacket when you had your chance. I said, no, I believe it's still here. She's like, it's gone. 
I said, I hit it right over here. Somebody just moved it. And so I went on a mission looking for this jacket. I mean, I'm flipping through the racks, and I'm looking around. And sure enough, man, somebody else had moved it to a different place. And I grabbed it, and part of the tag was going on. I was like, hey, baby, look what I found. Look what I found. And she's like, she's like, well, you going to buy it? I said, well, I'm going to see how much it is. She's like, it's going to be the same price. It was a week ago. And I said, no, 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 I got favor. Remember, favor, I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. I get the sales that nobody else gets. I get the discount that nobody else knows about. And I walked up to the counter, and the lady said, can I help you? I said, uh, could you just tell me how much this jacket is? Because it's got the barcode, but somebody ripped the tag off. And she said, well, hold on a second. Click. And she said, it'll be 99 cents. And I said, honey, come here. Can you tell her how much the jacket is? She said, it's 99 cents. And she said, what? And I said, favor. I said, how in the world is this 99 cents? She said, well, sometimes, sir, when they clean up at the end of the night, if tags are missing, they just start scanning stuff with the last price that was in the gun so they can get out of here. I guess it's your lucky day. I said, luck ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. Favor comes to me. This is how we're called to live. Not hiding stuff at Nordstrom Rack, but I'm talking about God's favor doing something that you couldn't do. How did it happen? I declared it with my mouth. I'm favored everywhere I go. They laugh and goof off. We're at the mall with people. I said, hold on. We're going to drive around one more time because there's a parking spot with my name on it. I believe in sowing and reaping. Do you? Do you believe in sowing and reaping? Does it happen just with money? I sow parking spots. You ever been waiting at the mall for the parking spot and it's raining and you got a two-year-old in the car seat and the only parking spot you could find was way out in no man's land, but all of a sudden you see a parking spot opening up and you tell your wife, you know it's going to get serious when you put your armor across your arm. You say, hold on, baby, hold on. And you jerk around and just as that car's pulling out, some other knucklehead whips in there. Just me? I want to get out of my car. Except I got the IFC sticker on the back and I can't. And I'm so aggravated and the Lord said, you can get angry or you can sow it. I said, he just stole it. He said, it's your choice. Thank you, Lord. I bless that knucklehead for taking my car, taking my parking spot. I'll walk to the rain. I'm favored. I'm in the right place at the right time. Pushing my stroller, getting soaking wet. You know what? The next time we go to the mall, here comes somebody backing out, and he stops and blocks traffic and waved me in and said, here you go. Here's your spot. I said, I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. His favor goes before me. It comes behind me. David said, I'm like a shield surrounded by the favor of God. Well, how could you say that? I didn't say it. He said it. So I'm putting his words in my mouth, and I'm releasing my faith. That's how you live in a constant state of favor. Believe it. Dare to believe it. Dare to speak it. Job 22 says, you shall also decide. It's your decision. Decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Screenshot that stuff and put that on your mirror tomorrow morning and start declaring this. Get a sticky note, stick that on your dashboard. And every time you flip down to check your lipstick while the red light, talk about this. I decide and I decree 
and it shall be established. You know what established means? In the Hebrew, it means eventually it will become a continual occurrence. Man, that's powerful right there. (laughs) I get to decide if I declare with my mouth a thing, and it shall be a continual occurrence for me when the light of God's favor shines upon my ways. When we speak God's word daily, his favor shows up daily. When we speak God's word occasionally, his favor shows up occasionally. If you're going to continue in a state of favor, you must continually speak what you've dared to believe. We moved here two and a half years ago, and me and my wife wanted to buy a home. And, and, and wanting to buy a home, you have all these things that you want or things that you need, desires. And so I'll be honest with you, I, I wanted a fixer-upper. Y'all watch this show, fixer-upper? I want to be like Chip Gaines, man. I, I want a demolition day. And I think about it, man, they're making money on these houses that need renovations. The only problem is I don't know how to do the renovations, but I want that. And so I'm telling my house, we're gonna, my wife, we're going to buy a fixer-upper. And she said, no, we're not. She said, I don't want to live in a dust storm with sawdust flying and tools everywhere. I want to move in a house that God has already prepared for us. And I said, well, if someone else has already done all the work, then there's no money to be made on the back end. And she said, why can't we have both? I said, I don't know why we can't have both. And so she took me to this scripture. She took me to 1 Corinthians 2.9. And this is what it says. The thing which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, which have not entered to the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who loved him. She said, I'm believing for a prepared place. Somebody else has already done the preparation. I said, let's go. I can get an agreement with that, but I still want to make some money. And she said, okay. So we went to the first house, and you, we went in with our realtor. And man, the first house, the kitchen was like from 1955. It was horrible. Floors were all raggedy. I mean, you open the doors, the hinges are coming off. I mean, it's like, who's, who wants to buy this house? We should set it on fire. Like, this is horrible. We went to the second house and the third house. And man, some of the houses you walk through, and you're like, you can hear like all kinds of stuff that just shouldn't hear in a house that you want your three-year-old to be crawling around on the floor. And man, I got frustrated. She said, he's got a prepared place. He's got a prepared place for us. And I said, well, I believe it. And we began to speak it, and we began to speak it, third house, fourth house. We looked at 15 houses, and I'm wearing thin. House hunting is horrible. It's so taxing. It takes, what you think is going to be fun, we're going to buy a house. Not that house. Not that house. Not this house. Man, Lord, where's the prepared house? And just a little over a year ago, we walked into this house in the middle of a sto- snowstorm in North Andover, and the realtor opened the door, and we walked into this kitchen that had been freshly redone. Somebody had put some bucks in this thing. And I said, ooh, this could work. This could work. And she said, it looks like a prepared kitchen. And we walked to the living room and had all this molding and all these cool French doors and everything that we wanted in a house. It was modern, but it had the old cool character that I love. And we walked from room to room and she kept saying, this looks like a prepared place. This looks like a prepared place. This looks like a prepared place. And you know what? We bought that house when I didn't even have a credit score. I said, we bought a house and I didn't even have a credit score on one income with money. We didn't even have to put down. God supplied all of it. Well, how did that happen? We spoke it into existence and I reeled it in with my words. 
Let me tell you something. If you're tired of renting your house and paying someone else's mortgage, the Bible says he will give you lands that don't even get paid for by yourself. Well, you know, my credit score is not that good. And, you know, every time I apply for a credit card, it's 24.9%. What you say is headed your way. Well, you know, I don't know that the Lord would do for, for us what he did for you. Listen, what you say is headed your way. I believe that today our testimony of our little house should challenge other people to say, listen, if he could do it for them, he could do it for me. Start aligning your words with God's word and show out watching you reel stuff in that you got no business owning. A little over a year and a half ago, was it, uh, I, I was here in the parking lot with Mo and I said, hey, Pastor Mo, you want to go to lunch? And he said, yeah. I said, you got to drive. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. I can drive. And we got in the car and he said, how's it working with just having one car? We moved here with one car and a one-year-old. And, and I said, it's not good. It actually sucks. <laughs> having one car, she got to drive me to the church, drop me off, go home, hang out with the baby, turn around and come back and pick me up on 95 in traffic. It's not fun. And out of my own mouth, I said, you watch. The Lord's going to give me a vehicle, Mo. And he said, that's cool. And I said, don't talk to me like condescending like that. I said, I said, God's going to give me a vehicle. He said, no, no, I didn't mean that. I mean, I'm sure, good. I didn't maybe even more mad. I said, no, you listen to me right now. I said, God is going to give me a vehicle. And so I, he made me mad. I just started talking about it. I said, the Lord going to give us a car. I went home. I said, baby, we just need to start speaking about it. We can't afford another car. We just, we just need to believe it. Dare to believe that he would bring me a car and we need to speak it and reel that sucker in. You know what? For two weeks, morning, noon, I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. God's favor is on my life and he's supplying the vehicle according to his riches and glory. Not going to finance it. I'm not going to pay for it. He's going to bring it to me. Two weeks to the day, someone called me from South Texas, a partner of our ministry, and they said, hey, um, I got this crazy thought. Um, I think I'm supposed to buy you. I think the Lord told me to buy you a car. I said, that sounds like the Lord to me, man. That sounds exactly like him. He said, well, I know a guy that just offered me a Jeep Grand Cherokee. It's a 2007. It's got very, very little low miles. They baby this thing. I'm going to go buy it, and I'm going to send it to you. I said, that sounds like the Lord, too. Yeah. Yeah. He said, so how do you want to get it? Do you want to fly here and pick it up? I said, no, I ain't got that kind of time. He said, well, I know a shipping company. You could call them and you can arrange it and they'll put it on an 18 wheel and they'll drive it to Boston for you. And so I called the guy and I said, hey, I got this car that was given to me. And he said, uh, uh, someone gave you a car, sir? I said, yes, they did. It's the favorite God on my life. And he said, so what do I got to do with this? I said, I need you to bring it from Texas to, Al to, to, to Massachusetts. He said, well, that's going to be $850. I said, okay. I paid him over the phone with my credit card. He said, I'll pick up your car and it'll be there in a week. And so I'm standing outside in this foyer here one day, and I'm talking to Mo. And he said, you want to go to lunch? I said, we'll go to lunch in your car this week, but next week I'm going to lunch in my car that the Lord gave me. And he said, what? I said, yeah, the Lord just gave me a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And he said, what? I said, I told you two weeks ago. I spoke it out of my mouth, and I pulled it in by the favor of God. It's on its way. And someone else overheard that conversation. They said, did I hear you say that someone gave you a Jeep? I said, yes, they did. And they said, well, where is it? I said, it's on a truck being delivered. 
well, how much did that cost you? I said, $850. And they said, is it okay if we get in on this blessing? We want to pay the $850 to get it shipped here. I said, that sounds like God too. Listen, let me tell you something. When you find yourself living in a continual state of God's favor, his blessings will come to you with the shipping payment already taken care of. You don't have to even pay the shipping and handling. Listen to me. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. You've got to dare to believe it. You've got to get active about speaking it. I'm, I'm one of those nuts that I just speak about everything. My wife said, what are you praying about? I said, I'm praying about beach houses. Well, what for? Because I want one. I'm God's favored. We were getting ready to go on vacation. I'm just going to tell you some stories. We got a few more minutes, right? This says I got 21 minutes. That can't be right. I, I was going to go on vacation last, last year, and all of a sudden, man, I, we, were, we were standing in the front office, and Jason and a few of the, 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 the volunteers that serve on our teams, they said, hey, we want to we wanna just talk to you for a minute. Now I'm thinking, oh, man, all of them, all the people that serve on us, they want to get with me and, and talk to us. I'm thinking, man, something, something, what did I say? What did I do? I made somebody mad. And they said, we just wanted to bless you. And they, they hand us an envelope with, with a, a bunch of money. A lot of them, I said, we just want to bless you and say, hey, have a great vacation. And I started doing the Holy Ghost jig. It's been a long time. So, you know, I said, that sounds like God to me. And so we started booking our vacation. We would take Hunter to Disney World. And so I call, we're talking about where we're going to stay and, and where we want to, you know, all the parks we want to go to and all this and that. And, and, I, and we like um, Airbnb. I don't know if y'all use Airbnb. We like doing that kind of thing. And so we got on Airbnb and we found this beautiful home right there in Kissimmee, Florida. And, and, and we, we booked it because our friends had blessed us with some money to, to go on vacation. We booked it. And, and, and well, I'm excited. I'm like, we're giving each other knuckles. And I got favor. We got this thing booked, man. We're going on vacation. You ever get that excited? Like we just need to tell somebody, like, I'm going on vacation. You go, we're on vacation. That's how I get. And so, so I was sitting there at the house, and we had just booked this Airbnb, and we're looking through the pictures, and the phone rings. And the gentleman on the other end of the phone says, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm good. How are you? And he said, hey, uh, I know you're going on vacation. I said, I'm going on vacation. In God's favor has supplied the need for us to go on vacation. He said, well, listen, he said, um, have you booked a place to stay yet? And I said, yes, we, we just did. And he said, oh, really? Where'd you book? I said, well, I booked at this Airbnb, blah, blah, blah. Why? He said, well, I just got off the phone with another gentleman, and he heard that you got blessed with some money to go on vacation, and he's got a timeshare in Florida, and he wants to give you his timeshare while you're on vacation. And I said, well, I, oh, man. Well, what do you do? I just booked this Airbnb. So I said, well, let me, um, uh, uh, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? Lord, you're, you're five minutes too late. <laughs> we just booked the Airbnb. I just spent thousands of dollars on this house and da, 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 da. And the Lord, I hung up and my wife said, this guy wants to give us a, he wants to give us a timeshare. Three bedroom condo. The whole time, all nine days. I said, call the lady with Airbnb and tell her we want our money back. <laughs> And she said, I looked at the, she starts pulling up. She's like, well, baby, I don't think we can. I mean, we just paid it. We put the 50% deposit down. And here I'm looking at the clause and it says, you know, no refunds. It's done. Once you book it, you're, you're, you're at least locked into the 50% you've given, which was over $1,000. And I started getting depressed. I'm like, come on, Lord. 
this guy wants to give us this stuff, and these guys gave us this money. I don't want to pay for the money. I want to go get ice cream cones at Disney World. <laughs> and he said, just believe me for my favor. And we're laying in bed at this point. I've leaned over and I elbowed my wife and said, call the lady right Send her an email right now and just tell her. We're sorry. We booked it. We can't pay. <laughs> and just tell her we want our 50% back. She said, I can't do that. It says right here in big, bold letters, deposits made are non-refundable. I said, I don't care what that says. I know what he says. And so I declared the favor. She's going to give us all of our money back. So she emailed her at 10 o'clock at night. And two minutes later, after she emailed, the lady said, hey, no big deal. We've never done this before, but I just submitted your money back, your full deposit being refunded. Have a great time in Disney World. When you live in a continual state of favor, you won't put up with nonsense. You'll start saying, no, nope, no, 50% for everybody else. I need it all back. God just bless me. Listen, how did it happen? I said it with my mouth. What are you saying over your life today? What are you saying over that job you want that you don't have? What are you saying over that old beater vehicle that's belching a quart of oil and always in the shop? Start declaring with your mouth, I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing at a discounted price. People want to bless me. Somebody need to hear this today. You need to change your confession. The third thing you got to do is you got to obey what God tells you to do. I'm having more fun in this service than I did the first two combined. I'm sorry. You got to obey what he tells you to do. Number one, you got to dare to believe what he said he wants to do for you. Number two, you got to open your mouth and declare and decree the word that you found in his Bible and say it over your life. And number three, you got to be obedient to do what he tells you to do. Listen to this, Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, everybody say obedient, obedient. you shall eat the good of the land. Yeah. This right here is a powerful verse because there's a lot of times we do things unwillingly. I'll do it, but I don't want to. I tell my son all the time, hey, I want you to do this. He said, I don't do that. I don't do that. And he does it, but not with a willing heart, so I... Don't bless him. And I correct him and say, son, it's about your willingness combined with your obedience that brings favor in your life. When I ask you to go to your room and clean up the stuff that you threw everywhere, it looks like an atomic bomb went off in there, and you go in there willingly and say, daddy, I'll fix it. I made the mess. I'll clean it. Guess what? I want to bless you. But there's a contingency. You have to be willing and obedient to do what he says he's going to do. Listen to this out of the New Living Translation. You're going to love this. You ready? He says, if you'll only let me help you, if you will only obey, I'll make you rich. Well, I can't believe you'd say that in church. I didn't say it. I'm just reading it. This is the prophet Isaiah speaking. If you just be obedient, if you just do what he tells you to do, you're going to be rich. Rich in relationships, rich in favor, rich in opportunity, rich in your checking account, rich in your love, rich in your generosity, rich in every area of your life. But it comes down to, are you willing and obedient? The Message Bible says, if you'll willingly obey, you'll feast like a king. You'll feast like a king. First Kings chapter 17, you find Elijah in a time of famine. 
And the Lord says, go to the brook Cherith, for I have, a, I've, I've sent ravens there to sustain you. The Bible says that he went to the brook Cherith out of willingness and obedience. And the ravens went to the king's house and snatched his T-bone porterhouse and the filet mignon and dropped it at the river for him. That's what it says. It says he had meat. What's the, what's the most precious commodity in a famine? Probably water and meat. If you're willing to obey, guess what? You'll eat like a king. I'll make you rich. Some of us, our blessing is one step of obedience away. God's already told us what to do, and we're not, he, he's not waiting to give us the favor. The favor is at the river waiting on us, but as long as we're sitting here doing our thing, we're missing out on the favor. When we're obedient, God's going to bless our socks off. That's what my dad used to say. He said, I'm going to bless your socks off. Being obedient, it's not always comfortable. Usually when God calls us to do something, there is a sense of uncomfortableness about it because it's something we can't see how he's going to do it, so we don't want to do what he told us. We only want to do things that we know how it's going to turn out, right? Right? That's me. You want me to do what? And so how are you going to do it? And he said, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to tell you to do it. That's called faith. That's the missing component. Listen to this. I was in Oceanside, California, living in this little uh, 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 garage apartment. And, and I was attached to another garage apartment on the other side. It was a two-car garage downstairs. And the guy put two apartments upstairs. I had one. And this other guy had the other one. And I woke up one morning to my landlord yelling at my neighbor. Now, what I mean, yelling at him, he was screaming at him, cursing him. My landlord was completely drunk at 8 in the morning. I'm talking like staggering, like, oh, you know. Had a, I thought, man, he had a bad Saturday night. No, he had an early morning. He was up early getting sauced, and he's out there just ripping my neighbor up and down. And while I'm listening to him curse this young man, the Lord says, go out there and ask that man for a job. I said, say what? <laughs> he said, I want you to go out there and ask that your landlord if he has a job for you. And I said, get thee behind me, Satan. I ain't going out there and talking to that man right now. In fact, I'm going to draw the blinds. I'm not talking to him. And a moment later, the Lord said again, go out there and ask him for a job. Your favor depends on it. I opened the door, and he's still ripping this guy up a new one. I, he's using words I ain't never heard before. I'm just standing there on my front porch, and he walks out, and he looks at me. He says, what do you want? I said, um... Um, he said, you need something, boy? I said, yes, sir. I said, the Lord told me to ask you for a job. He said, he told you what? I said, he, he told me to ask you for a job. And he said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm, I'm here to plant a church. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a church planner, but in the meantime, we're, we're, I still have to supply for my needs and this and that. The church hadn't started yet. I said, uh, I, said I, I took notice that I live in this unit and you got this other unit and there's two units downstairs that you probably have more than one property. Could you use a painter? And he said, you a painter? I said, yes, sir. I've, I've been painting 20, 20 plus years. I said, I, I'm a good painter. I, I do a good job. And he said, meet me in the morning. He gave me the address. It was 420 Fremont, Tremont Way. He said, be there at 6 a.m. and don't be late. 
And so I got up the next morning, I put my painter's whites on, I grabbed my rollers, I grabbed my buckets, I threw my ladder and my drop cloths in my old car, and I, I drove down there, and he was standing in front of this old garage, a 1940s, a really cool old garage that you would fix up cars, hot rod place. And he said, I need you to paint this place from top to bottom, inside and out. How long will it take you? I said, you give me a job? He said, how long will it take you? I said, I could probably do it in two weeks. I'm doing it by myself. I got to get the ladders up there and the scaffolding and blah, blah, blah. He said, how much do you want to get paid? I said, what'd you say? <laughs> he said, how much are you going to charge me? I said, well, um, and I quoted him a high number because I knew he was going to negotiate me down and I needed to be somewhere in the middle. And I said, well, this is how much I normally get an hour or I could just bid you for the whole job. He said, that'll be fine. I'll pay you on Friday. And you know what? I worked that week, and I got the whole outside of that place done and tidied up, and he paid me cash. Cash. Everybody say cash. Cash, cash is butter in a W-2 all day long. <laughs> and he paid me cash, and on the second week, he said, listen, I've been meeting you here in the morning. He said, here's the key to the shop where all the tools are, all the stuff you're going to need to finish the job, and I don't need to maintain you anymore. You just work when you want. When you get done, you call me, and I have another job for you. You know what I did that next morning? I went down to my garage and I got my surfboard and I loaded it in my car and I drove to the beach at 6 a.m. and I went surfing for an hour and a half and then I went home and I changed my clothes and put my painter whites on and I went back to that garage and painted and I painted till about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I went home and put my gear away and I grabbed my surfboard again and I went back to the beach and I went surfing. Someone said, man, you live in the dream. I said, I am living the dream. This is God's favor on my life. Well, how'd you get that job? I mean, you get to surf in the morning. You get to surf in the afternoon. He's paying you cash for more than you're worth. I said, it's the favor of God on my life. One year later, I had moved to a different city in California, and I got invited to speak to a bunch of Christian businessmen in a printing company. Hear me? This printing company shut their business down every Wednesday from 9 till 11 for young men to come and preach the gospel to other businessmen. And they invited me to preach. Never met them before. They just heard about me. I went there and I preached. And at the end of that message, I, the, the owner of the company said, Hey, why don't you come in the office? You've been preaching your guts out. Why don't you come get a glass of water and sit down? Let's chat. Let's, let's connect a little bit. And as he opened the door for his office for me to go in and sit down, the Lord said, Ask him for a job. I said, Again. <laughs> he said, Ask him for a job. I sat down in the chair. I take a breather. I got a glass of water. He said, so tell me what you're doing. I said, well, I've been in transition. We're doing this and that. I want to get married. I just moved to town. The Lord told me to ask you for a job. He said, he told you what? <laughs> I said, he told me to ask you for a job. He said, well, what do you know about the printing industry? I said, sir, I don't know anything about the printing industry. I like paper. I like ink. <laughs> That's all I know. I think copiers are cool. They make lots of little noises. He said, well, what do you think you would do here? And I'm thinking, Lord, you need to help me. I'm sinking here. This isn't how it worked out the last time. <laughs> I said, well, I'll be honest. I don't know anything about printing. I don't know anything about printers. But I said, I know people. I'm good with people. I said, surely you could use another salesman on your team. He said, that sounds great. How much you want to get paid? I said, here we go again. <laughs> I said, I, I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what a salesman makes in the printing industry, business to business, he said, well, how about this? I'll just start you off at what my top guys make, and we'll go from there. I said, that sounds like God to me. I'll take that. 
And you know what? For a, for a few weeks, I was going out door to door doing my thing, business to business. Hey, I'm here from such and such printing company. We offer these services. And I'm going through the whole shebang. And nobody's buying printing from me. And so we had a little sales meeting that next week. And I said, hey, man, I'm, I think I'm in over my head. I, I can't sell nothing. Nobody even likes me. And he said, well, that's all right. I didn't really hire you to sell printing anyways. So here's what I want you to do. You're a great preacher. You know how to pray. I'm a Christian business owner, and I want other businesses to know that I'm a Christian. So now when you go to door, there's no sales of pressure. You don't have to sell anything. I just want you to go in and say, hey, I'm Josh Roberts. I'm from Trinity Worldwide Reprographics. How can we pray for you today? And people would say, excuse me? What are you here for? Do you have an appointment? I said, no, no, I'm just here from Trinity. Trinity who? Trinity Worldwide Reprographics. I know. What do you want? I said, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. I just, my boss sent me down here. He wanted to know if you guys need any prayer. Can we pray with you guys about anything? And you know what? For the next year and a half, I did ministry and got paid for it through the guise of a business sales guy. God gave me the desires in my heart to do what I want. You know what? Later that year, I was in the back room having coffee, and this gentleman, the owner of the company, come in. By this time, he had hired my girlfriend, my wife now. She became the manager of that location. Total favor, a whole other story I'll save for another time. But he said, hey, listen, he said, that thing you're doing, you're going out and praying, it's working, man. People are coming to the business, and we're connecting, and we're, we're helping people all over the planet. He said, I think we should do this on a greater level. Let's go into partnership. Let's, let's launch a nonprofit for Christian business owners who want to use their businesses as a promotion tool for the gospel. I said, that sounds like God. You know what? In 2000, would have been 2011, we launched and I helped co-found tentmakers.biz. Me and my wife are on the board of that nonprofit to this day. And it all started with me asking a man for a job based on what God asked me to do for him. Let me say this. It may seem uncomfortable to be obedient sometimes, but there is where the favor lies. And I want to say something very clear to you. I'm not preaching a message of laziness. Someone said to me this last week on social media, so your message is all about you ain't got to do anything and God's got it all. I said, yeah, pretty much. And he said, well, you're telling people they ain't got to work hard and they don't have to be committed and they don't have to be focused. They don't have to have character. I said, I didn't say any of that. I said, you got to be obedient. But when you're obedient, everything else plays out. Listen, your favor that you're waiting on may be attached to your last assignment. What was it that he told you to do? prophet told Naaman, go dip seven times in the Jordan and your, your skin will be perfectly healed. And he said, man, there's, there's cleaner rivers than, than the Jordan. I ain't doing that junk. And his assistant said, hey, hey, this ain't that hard. I mean, you would have been willing to pay any amount of money had he said, give me some money and I'll pay you. All he's asking you to do is dunk yourself in a dirty river seven times. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make too hard. That sounds good. He goes down there. What happened? He dunks himself seven times and based on his obedience to the word of the Lord. Guess what? He got skin like a brand new baby. What is it that the Lord's been telling you to do? Jesus at his first miracle told the disciples, go get those ritual water pots and fill them up with water. You want us to, what? Are you kidding me? Jesus' mother said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. There's a miracle. There's favor attached to your obedience. What is it that the Lord's told you to do? Because I believe that our obedience is our tie and connection to our favor. Let me make a few more statements to you. I've already gone over my time. My prayer for last week and this week is very simple. That you would get an understanding that God wants to favor you. 
that you would get a revelation that as children of God, our success is not coming through hustle. It's coming through God's favor. My prayer is that you would grasp the fact that God could do more in a moment of favor than you'll do in your entire lifetime. My prayer is that you would understand that you're in a partnership with God. He gives you the favor. You give him the glory. I pray that you would harness the power of your word starting today and tomorrow and the next few weeks in your months and draw in what you found in his word. I pray that you'll be obedient to do whatever he tells you to do. And I pray that you will choose to live in a continual state of God's favor. Amen. Amen. With your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I would want to give you one invitation before we close. And you may be here today and this is all new to you. You haven't heard this kind of message before or this kind of teaching. I want to tell you Jesus Christ died and paid the price to put you in right standing with God. And part of the package that comes with right standing is forgiveness, it's grace, it's eternal salvation, it's redemption. It's all these things that we've been talking about and it's easily received. All you got to do is what I shared today. Dare to believe that Jesus died and that he rose from the dead for you make you an overcomer, to make you favored in this life. And the Bible says if you declare that with your mouth, it changes in a moment. In one moment of you saying, Lord, help me, I believe, you go from dark to light, from old to new, from unrighteous to righteous, from unfavored and disadvantaged to having an unfair advantage. If you're here today and you say, man, I need that in my life. I need Jesus. I need his help. I'm tired of hustling. I'm ready to make a change. Would you simply raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I just want to recognize that God's moving. Yes, sir, I see you. Anybody else say, man, I want to join this young man. I want Jesus in my life. I need a new way of living. I believe what you're saying can happen for me. Yes, ma'am, I see you in the back. I see you. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? You'd say, I want to join them. Pray for me. Yes, I see you. Got you, got you. Yes. And we had dozens in the first, second service. Anybody else say, man, pray for me. Include me, pastor. I'm ready to turn a new leaf. I'm ready for a new journey. Yes, sir, I see you. You got it. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. You're talking to me today. I see you. Yes, ma'am. Let's do this. Would you stand with me today? I got you right over here. Yes, absolutely. Hands still go. Go ahead and stand up. Can we do this together? We're a family church. Maybe you raised your hand, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're making the best decision of your life right now. You're making the best decision. We've all prayed it at one time. If you're here today and you, you raised your hand, or maybe you even should have raised your hand, just pray this out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died on a cross for me, that he paid the price for my sins, for my mistakes, past present and future Lord today I choose you I choose you to favor me in Jesus name Amen God bless you guys thank you so much thanks for listening we all can grow deeper in our relationship with God our monthly growth track called Next Steps will help you grow and reach your full potential Next Steps is held after each service Come join us next Sunday to discover how to take the next step. 
Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast with friends and family. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.